Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to On Point. This is just an elk episode, a recap of my dad's rifle hunt in Houston, Oregon. A uh, really special episode for me because it's the first time that me, my brother, and my dad have all hunted elk together in Eastern Oregon, hunted together, period, in Eastern Oregon together. And uh, just just a really lot of firsts for me. Plus, it was my birthday, and, and uh, we got a bowl on the ground. Just a very special episode all around for me. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy this one. It's just a elk recap, and outside of that, just a fun episode. Uh, just a quick reminder, if you haven't yet, be sure to go on to www.onpointpodcast.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Uh, pretty, pretty low on hat inventory, so if you haven't uh, bought a hat yet, you want to buy a hat or get somebody a Christmas present, um, we have a few of the orange ones in stock and a few of the camo ones in stock, and that is it. So if you want to do that, be sure to use code free shipping upon checkout. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's about it. So appreciate everybody listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Are we done? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, good sound check. <laughs> well, perfect. It's like six thirty, and we're uh, Gavin's about to pass out. And then we're gonna watch a bad movie. And then we're gonna watch a horrible, horrible movie that I apparently I get to pick out. You can pick out any one of them. You can watch the same one we did last night. Pick out one from the movie of the disc that has eight movies on one disc. Y- yeah, and like you pointed out earlier, you know none of them are winners because there's eight DVDs on one DVD. And it was $3. <laughs> that was $3. <laughs> That's why you got to watch like at least three of them. <laughs> to get your money's worth. <laughs> and be drunk. Yeah, well, a few more beers, I can make that happen pretty easily. And so, Gavin's going to be out anyways. Yeah, so. I'm pretty medicated. So, well, I wanted to get you guys on and talk about the hunt and be able to just kind of recap everything. It's over. It's over. <laughs> uh, it was pretty quickly over. A couple hours, we're done. So, uh, it took us about it took us longer to drive here than it did to kill <laughs> an elk. To kill it and get it back to the camp. It took us twice as long to, to drive here and half as long to kill an elk. I'm not good at math. I'm horrible at math. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, it took us, what, nine hours to get here? Yeah. Yeah. And we had it shot and back to camp in four. In yep. Four, yeah. Well, um, so let's just, uh, I guess, this. well, we kind of give a little bit of a backstory. We were talking as we were, I think, was it when we were processing the bull? We've never hunted over here all three together. All three of us. Dad and my brother. That's kind of weird. It's kind of well, crazy. Yeah, it's uh, regardless of killing elk or not. That's that's just kind of a bonus. That's special. Yeah. Well, for me, I mean, yeah. it is. So when you're that old, you don't have many years <laughs> left. Yeah. <laughs> Got to take what you can get. <laughs> but no, it's I like this stuff. So even the camping, you know, trying to sell it by the fire, even when it's too cold and windy, or yeah. watching bad movies, or well, we were saying that you and Garrett have all kind of together, and then. You and I have elk hunted together, but none, not all three. Mm-mm. No. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's just, I'm, dad doesn't like hunting with other people. Um, I'm a social hunter and I like, I kind of like hunting on my own, you know, or doing my own thing. And I started archery hunting and no one else really archery hunts in the family. So, um, it's kind of weird how it just worked out, you know, but it, it took 30 years, but we finally made it happen. <laughs> Well, and this is special too. It's your birthday, so it's true. <laughs> Thirty years old. It was a good birthday. I, I posted a video earlier. Uh, I was talking to your bull, cow calling, and then about ten minutes after the video, you you kill the bull. I'm like, how cool of a birthday is this? I got to talk to a bull, got to kill a bull, or watch watch my dad kill a bull, pack a bull out, then went back to town, got wings and pizza. Gavin got chicken fried steak and. Chicken fried steak. Chicken fried steak. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got <laughs> clam chowder. I let the dice roll on that one, <laughs> but it was good. <laughs> 600 miles from the ocean. And we just got <laughs> right. I, I asked her where they got the clams from. And not much response, but. <laughs> it would be funny if she said the river. <laughs> <laughs> Under the house. But, uh, well, let's, let's kind of give a recap of this and, and uh, kind of go over what happened. So you drove over how many days ago? I came over Sunday, but this started in the planning stages months ago. Well, you said, if I put in for this tag, will you go over there with me? Yeah. I said, yes. And that's where it started. Yep. And so fast forward to Sunday, which was like the 
20th, I guess, or something like that of October, I drove over with the trailer, found a spot the next day because there was too much snow where I wanted to go, got a little camp set up, and scouted for two days, and it was so nasty, I think the egg ro- elk were all caked up. Hmm. And no tracks, no elk, no anything. And then, of course, today the weather changed completely. The snow had melted. Right. And, and I think that helped the elk hunting situation. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, well, it was super windy. Super windy. Yeah. I think we all got windburnt today. I don't know if Gavin did. I don't know how you didn't get windburnt if you dead I sat did. under that tree for like did you? <laughs> five hours. I didn't <laughs> stay under uh, one tree. But, um, so yeah, you come over here, what, Sunday, you said, scout for a couple of days, don't see an elk. Yeah. And then Gavin and I bomb over here, and uh, that evening we see elk. Cause, Ten cows. Right, which you actually spotted. And then um, figured out where we were going to go in the morning, which wasn't where those cows were. <laughs> and kind of just made a game plan, I guess. But um, I kind of want to get into what you're using, because I want I want people to know that it's not an archery hunt. Um, give them an idea of what you're using for your, like your gun and your, your load and stuff. Well, I'm shooting a 300 Weatherby in a model 70 Winchester. It's got the classic action on it. Muzzle brake. I'm shooting an old ultimate illuminator three to 10 Redfield. I'm shooting 180 grain partition nozzler bullets mm-hmm. with 78 grains of, uh, 7828. And... I feel real confident out to 400 yards until adrenaline kicks in, and then you can cut that in half, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, for example, the bull. I made a good shot today, uh, initial shot, and then he ran off, but he was dead on his feet, and then I was trying to end it quickly and shot a few more times. And We'll get into that. <laughs> I know. It's pretty cool when you can make a bolt action a semi-auto. <laughs> <laughs> I've been accused of that uh, a couple times. This is going to be an, an ongoing theme throughout this podcast. Yes. I'm going to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> that and ethics. And uh, ethics. Yeah, because it starts by well, us parking our rig last night. Yeah, and you know, so I know some guys would have a problem with that. Yeah. Right there. Um, so, you know, I mean, we, uh, we found out where we wanted to hunt. There's um, a lot of no motorized vehicle roads around here, and... And so uh, we decided to, um, we got two trucks. I'll park my truck there and, and try and keep, you know, somebody out for in the morning. You know, we, we could be there at three in the morning if we wanted to, but I don't know. We just decided to park the rig there. And some guys will probably have a problem with that. Some guys, ah, that's normal. Well, and it's not with the intent not to hunt the spot. And it wasn't, it wasn't to, a, come to hunt it later and not have it at first light. We yeah. were there at first light. <coughs> Before first light. We, we were, were there actually there an hour and a half early. Yeah. Before, Before daylight. Yeah. 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 Um, so we go there. There's a truck parked in front of my truck. <laughs> not just, not yeah. just behind it. <laughs> he pulled around me and then and then parked there. And, and um, turns out it was a gentleman from uh, our, actually like right next to where we live um, in the nearby town. And uh, they had been literally scouting and saw, you know, the same things we did. And were wanting to literally had the same exact game plan we did. And uh, so, you know, we're like, well, all of our chips are in this spot and, you know, let's, let's figure it out. So we actually approached them and, and um, luckily it was every, you know, it worked out really well. I, I will say it worked out about as best as it could. I, I don't think anybody was excited about the situation, which is fair. You know, but no it's one public wants, land. Yeah. Too. No one, no one wants to hunt, you know, nine hours away from home to hunt with strangers, you know, but um, I don't know. I wasn't excited about the situation, and um, Tim and, and and his buddy weren't. I'm sure excited either. But we all made it work. We were all nice, and um, I think he weren't. Didn't we walk out? We waited for him. Yep, we went back and talked. We to went him. back, talked to him. We all agreed to wait till daylight and walk in together. And and then um, he had a two thousand yard gun. You know, a thirty three XC or whatever the hell he called that thing. But um, he, you know, he was extremely long range shooter and here we are with a 400 yard gun and so um we're you know at a severe disadvantage but um you know we made it work and we all went out there together and i don't feel like anybody was walking over you know each other or or anything it was pretty calm cool as good as it could have been 
best case scenario for a bad scenario for, for a worst pub- case scenario, yeah, especially on public land. That, yeah, you know, it could have gone the other way though, had you been confrontational or us, right, or them been confrontational at the get go, right. Well, I can see both sides of the story. You know, we had a truck parked there, but yet we didn't commit by sleeping in the truck. And then on their end, hey, you parked a dummy truck here. How do we know you weren't hunting it? Or how do you know we beat you here technically? So I can see both both ends of the of, of the of the coin. But uh, you know, so we we talked to him and basically uh, hunted together for first couple hours of the morning. I think no, because for about the first hour, cause first we- hour. Yeah, because we killed the bull an hour and a half into the hunt. That's true. That's true. So we, okay, so we walk out uh, to this big point where we were all going to glass. We literally had the same, like I said, the same game plan, except his was to shoot about four times farther as <laughs> uh, us. But um, so I guess I'll let Gavin take it from there because you're the one that located the bull. Yeah, I just uh, sat down in my little glass tree and was the only person so everyone kind of moved on and kept making laps because we hadn't seen anything and then i heard a heard a faint bugle and i'm not one to be in the woods during archery season hearing a ton of bugles but i went over real quick and i was like i'm pretty sure that's a bull like that's definitely a bugle i don't think it's a hunter and we actually gathered up the other guys yeah we all went over there together uh, yeah the whole group everyone came over together everyone glassed for it and then uh, we couldn't pick him up, but and he didn't bugle again when everyone came over. It was kind of like <laughs> no, which yeah. is really weird. It's kind of like hey, yeah, my car makes yeah. this noise. I take it to the yeah. mechanic. And I asked stuff you, I'm like, you sure it's not a hunter? And yeah. you're like, yeah, pretty sure. Pretty sure. <laughs> what do you do? He went like this, and then went chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's an elk. <laughs> and so, um, and I'm thinking, yeah, no hunter out there can sound like that. Bugle, <laughs> <laughs> chuckle, 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 chuckle. I was like, it's definitely an elk. <laughs> but yeah, it was cool because it was like it was so faint. But I was like, I'm pretty sure that was a bugle. Yeah, yeah. And so a while goes by because uh, I go back and after not seeing anything, everybody was over there glassing. So I go back over because I'm like, why is everybody, you know, glassing off the same spot off of almost a 360 point? Let's, so I, I just kept trying to spread out from everybody and, and kind of be a loner in glass. And then eventually uh, you guys come over and get. You and I went over for. Yeah. And, and I think you said, let's go after that bugle. You know, we haven't seen an elk. Yeah. Uh, actually, Gavin spotted two more. Near, a, near another hunter. And well, a herd. I, uh, the other guy spotted those moving up, and then I spot, right when you guys came back over to me to go over the bugle, right after you left, I spotted another herd. Right. And I text. I didn't get a response, but as soon as you guys were out of my sight, that bull uh, bugled again, and I was like, oh, I just hope they heard it that time, because right. now I'm not crazy. Right. <laughs> no, you're still crazy. <laughs> well, at this <laughs> point, because the bugle part. at this point, you know, I was sitting on the very end of the point, and I could see almost almost all of it. And I picked out one hunter, I picked out another hunter, and another hunter. Three separate hunters. Well, and something we kind of skipped by. All coming towards us, by the way. Not only were our two trucks there and this other guy's, another guy pulled up on a truck, walked up there that wasn't even (laughs) actually hunting. He was a spotter. Yeah, and walked right in the middle of us, out in the point. I mean, we talked to him. Nice guy, apparently. I I never talked to him. Yeah, I went up and I went up, shook his hand, talked to him for a little bit just to try to keep the peace. But it's like, what the hell are you doing? You do, you you didn't notice the other three trucks you parked by, and it's a it's a single lane blocked off road. It's not like there's other highway. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. What are you doing up here? (laughs) Right. He was a nice enough guy. Yeah. But I'm sorry to digress, but that was that's part of it, though. That's part of public land. Yeah, I just don't see me doing that. I don't like. No offense, I don't like people when I'm hunting. Encroaching kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I I'm, get it. I'm married to people, and i got people that are kids, but I don't like them out there when I'm hunting. I would just never say, oh, there's three rigs here already. I should probably pull in. This must be a good spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to walk out. It turns out it was. <laughs> it's not like fishing Diamond Lake where you can just go anchor by somebody. Right. You know, <laughs> That's right. 40 boats and you're going right. to be another one. Well, you, you spotted a couple cows and then um, spike. right after that, um, I'm like right over there. And so I'm looking, I'm like, oh, there's a hunter going right towards where you're telling me those elk were mm. on that, on that bald oh, yeah. Yeah. spot. And so, um, and, and then the guys that we were with, uh, Tim and his buddy, uh, had other guys working their way towards us. Yeah. They were across from where we were glassing on that, like uh, burnt, cleared yeah. hillside uh-huh. they were over there. Well, they were over there. Yeah. So that's a lot of hunters in a very small area. There was two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 
at least 11 of us. 11. Well, there's six of us just on the point. Yeah. Well, there's, a, 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 I don't know, 10 different tag holders in that little spot. I mean, there had to be a ton of ton of guys in there. And uh, so, anyways, really high-pressured area, apparently. And um, so, we're like, well, we got nothing else to go after. Dad wants to go after the bugle. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah, you know, I brought my bugle. I, I got a cow call. And I forgot my mouth read in, my, in the truck. So, <laughs> I'm down to using a hand call f- uh, for mouth call for a cow. And, uh, you know... Let's just go see. And so we went over there, uh, picked up my pack, and, and headed over to where that bull was bugling in the bottom. And uh, he fired off by himself right when we got yep, and you know above him. That was cool. Yeah. And then uh, I'm thinking, okay, that's definitely definitely sounds like a bull. You know, it's not somebody. And he's been there since daylight, daylight, daylight. which yeah. is not a you know something a hunter would do. And then uh, so I'm like, okay, let's definitely go after that bull. And we try calling him in, setting up like we're archery hunting. You know, I have you about 80 yards in front of me on a big clearing. And I go back into a thicket. And about every cow call he would answer, just one one or two mews, he'd, he'd call right back. And then uh, he wouldn't move. He wouldn't budge. And so I'm like, well, we're making this hard on ourselves. Why don't you just walk up and kill it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, you, you said it a little I said it with more a little colorful. Bit. Yeah. I was like, why don't you go watch, <laughs> walk up there and kill that son of a nutcracker. And, uh. So, yeah, basically, I said, I'll just basically be, uh, I'll wait for you to get to the bottom, get the wind right, and then every couple minutes I'll bugle, so kind of like a blip on your radar kind of thing. You'll just walk right up into them and, and shoot them. And uh, that's pretty much, well, I'll let you take it from there, but that's pretty much what happened, yeah? Yeah, so he couldn't call them to me where they wouldn't <laughs> come. Uh, so, yeah, so we I went down there and the wind was questionable. So I had to cut down to the left a little bit and come back on him. So I knew I was getting a little further away from the bull initially, and then I was going to angle back, get the wind. And I got across this mess of a thinning. They left all the trees on the ground, tough mm-hmm. to get through. And the wind was still okay. And so I came up on this old road you can't drive on or anything. It's just an old road bed or whatever. And I started to come up over the top, and I saw elk hide. And it turned out to be actually three cows. So I set my shooting sticks down. They were feeding from right to left. And Garrett was calling. And I could hear the bull, but he was about 100 yards to the right, it sounded like. And so I'm waiting for elk to cross and cross. And I don't want the bull doing anything else. So I was te- texting Garrett. I was pinned down by <laughs> some cows. And my next text was going to be, stop calling. And about that time, I looked a little bit to my left and there was a small herd of elk, I don't know, six or eight elk, I guess, looking at me about 125 yards away through some trees, and they were actually standing behind some pretty thick ones. Yeah. Uh, so you're busted. I'm busted. They're looking at me, and i am got my damn phone in my hand. <laughs> so I shove it in my pocket real quick, and I look up there, and I'm looking through the trees, and I can see there's at least one bull there. And he's not a Boone and Crockett or anything, which that's fine. Right. Um so Garrett's still calling the bull that I was after is still calling, but he's not the one I'm looking at. So I have a choice to make. I can either try to go get the other one, which we think was probably a six-point, or at least I do. I think it was a six-point that the guys had seen. Yeah, we heard there was a big 330 bull in there, and yeah, that was probably him. but I don't know that for a fact. There's could have been a spike. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So you weigh the advantages. Do I leave this legal bull to go search for one that yeah. you may not see? So it took about that long to make the decision mm-hmm. and so i put the sticks down put the gun up there had it on like three three and a half power and he was standing there in the trees and i could see enough of him to shoot about 100 125 yards and i hit him and then the whole herd started running to the right so i shot once more fairly soon and uh hit him one more time and then he went 75 yards and fell down or maybe a little more than that clear across that opening however far that was and so I, it was kind of rounded, and I could see him on the ground. He wasn't dead yet. And I tried to end it quickly, you know. <laughs> so I shot like five times, six times maybe total. I don't know what it was. We'll just say six total. Okay. I think we're being conservative, so six is good. <laughs> it could be. How many times did you reload, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I got a 30-round clip. What do you mean? 
sounded like it. Uh, no, but <laughs> so anyways, the first shot was fatal. It it hit him right through. Uh, I think he probably got you got you decimated the liver. Yeah, uh, but it, you got lung blood in there too. Top, there yeah. was bubbles coming out. Yeah, dead on his feet. Yeah, I mean he was a little high, like two inches high, but dead all day long within yeah a minute. But I I was trying to speed up the process, and of course adrenaline kicks in, and yeah. I probably get as excited, or maybe more than anybody. And if I didn't, I wouldn't hunt. I, it would be a shame to kill something right. if if it was just, you know, routine and and right. that was that. Um, so, anyways, and so I know it happened quickly because the whole thing from the time I shot to the time I got to camp only lasted four hours. Everything. Right. So I went up and actually found the bull because he was there. I mean, he, mm-hmm. I, I saw him fall. Put my gun there and. Kind of called for the boys to come down and told them I had blood. Garrett called bullshit. <laughs> so, and uh, got a hold of Gavin. And rest is history. Everybody came down. Yeah. Well, that bull probably bugle. How many times did that bull bugle? Probably 30. At least, yeah. I was <laughs> going to say every two minutes for 35 minutes. Yeah. I mean. I don't know. About 17. A lot. Yeah, it was yeah. actually Plus the ones when we didn't bugle, too. because yeah, he was doing it on his own, yeah. too. yeah. What's crazy is that he didn't bugle like you said when we all went over there with Tim and those guys. That's it's not a bad thing. It's yeah, I'm it's, thinking it happened for a reason at this point. <laughs> yeah, he, well, yeah, it doesn't make sense why he just shut up right then. Well, and, and he only did one that first right. one I heard, and then he didn't do another one for an hour. And I would right. love to see what kind of a bullet was, whether it was a spike or a three eighty or whatever. I'd love to seen it, but. I wasn't about to walk away from. <laughs> well, when you're talking about shooting a spike, yeah, the one that you did shoot, yeah. Why? Yeah, you'd be crazy to pass it up. You know, you got a lot more meat. I still got horns and home that are on the wall that haven't been eaten yet, so <laughs> I'm not about to start that. Right, right. And I, and honestly, I may or may not ever draw this tag again because I love my muzzleload hunting. And, and this was fun. Don't get me wrong. This was a good hunt. It was, and a it was great I would hunt. say easy terrain. But there's just a lot of people, and I'm not. Yeah. That's not my thing. If I go muzzleloading, I'm lucky to see three or four rigs and nobody out of their rig. Hunting. Right. No one wants to get out and deal with the weather. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just fine with me. And you don't have to drive nine hours. Yeah. But I love this country over here. It's be- it's absolutely gorgeous. It is. We have a beautiful, uh, beautiful view of the uh, eagle caps just covered in snow over here. And it is gorgeous. I mean. And the yellow tamaracks. Yeah. I've um, never been over here when the tamaracks have changed. They're, they are pretty. gorgeous. Yeah. Um, they're gold or yellow. I guess yellow. Yeah. Like golden. a yellow, like a maple leaf yellow. Yeah. Maybe even brighter. Yeah. Really but, cool. And I would suggest this hunt to anybody that, you know, at least once, you know, come over. Even if you don't have a tag, come over to somebody that does. Because, right. you know, it's good country. It's fun. Yeah. But, so you used to use Acubons. Why yep. aren't you using those on this hunt? I have Acubons. Uh, I have a couple hundred loaded up for it, actually, and I have a couple hundred of the <laughs> partic. Well, you know. <laughs> that's only three seasons. That's only yeah. that's only like three elk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now. Eight shot canyon. <laughs> hey, at least I know where I get it from now. Yeah. That's why I have a bow. <laughs> but I, I, sighted, I sighted my rifle in. Uh, well, I went deer hunting in eastern Oregon. You know, spent, I think, nine days over there. Killed a nice four point. Killed a nice four point. I don't know whether the partition would have made a difference or not, but... I think maybe they hold together better, and it possibly could have. Shot placement is a lot to do with it. But the Acubons, I shot it before I came over. And to be honest with you, when it started shooting, the groups are not that great. They're like four or five inches, and I couldn't figure it out. But as I went on, the Acubons sided in about three inches high, and they were touching. And the partition sided in inch high, and they were touching, you know, Mm three-round shot Mm -hmm. groups. So I had them under an inch. So... I did not clean the rifle before I come over. I mean, I, I like to keep my rifles in good shape and clean. But it seems to shoot better with a little, right? you know, a few rounds down the barrel. And I use the partition because I've actually used those longer than the Acubons, and they have worked well. But partitions, I think. Well, you uh, you were using partitions before the Acubons even came out when I was yeah. a kid. And then I remember when the Acubons came out, we switched. Well, Right. The driving part was, and sometimes you get what you pay for, is they were a lot less money. Right. And that's not a good reason to, you shouldn't go cheap 
when you're hunting, you do it once a year. You should right. go the best. I would still use acubons, but I honestly think partitions are probably better for bigger game like elk. I think they're yeah. fine for deer, the acubons. But I, think I see. Oh, I don't know why, but I don't want to get into it too much. But I've, I just had too many problems with the acubons not expanding. Well, on you know, four deer in a row. It this, was like you were shooting lasers. Did you notice the exit hole on this elk though? With the it was pretty good. It wasn't like giant. No, but it was. It was it was a good exit wound. I mean, yeah, I mean, it went through and through right where you'd want to, maybe. Right. Know. Yeah. An acubon, I don't know that would have done that. To be honest with you, I think it would have exploded or. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. And that's just my experience. And some guys like that. Some guys yep. don't want the bullet retention. You know, the acubon shoots about two inches higher at a hundred than the nozzle than the partition, but both of them grouped within an inch. You know, three shot groups less than an inch and so i left the rifle there i didn't clean it i didn't change anything mm. and so i think that's important make sure you know what your rifle's doing when it's clean versus when it's had a few rounds down the barrel right right well so you <laughs> you get the elk uh tried starting world war three um well yeah that's pretty <laughs> to be honest with you it was about 200 yards offhand i could barely see him over the rise of the hill and i couldn't you're sick for two weeks had butters on your fingers yep i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't sit down because i couldn't see him and right. i was trying to finish him off humanely quickly right and he, he died without me doing anything else to him right right there right and so it would have saved 30 seconds yeah but at the time i'm feeling like because I do respect the animals I hunt, you know, and I want them to not suffer if I can help it any longer than they have to. No, I get it. I mean, if I can put another arrow and help the animal expire quicker, I am all for it. And elk, I've always heard, the way you raised, if you still move and you shoot, yeah. like elk are tough, that you don't want to get them back up on you. And if it's still moving around, you shoot. And like I say, it was roughly 200 yards, and... I had to, like I said, I had to stand up because I could barely see him even standing up, you know, just the rise of the hill. Mm -hmm. And he was flopping around pretty good. No excuse, maybe, but I would I'd do the same thing. Yeah. I, I wouldn't take anything back. I think you should have shot it in the other two legs. That way you wouldn't have been perfect. I might have been. You would have shot 100%. <laughs> which, well, which leg did he miss? Um, the middle one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got the... You got the ham. You, you got the front one and the... I don't know the I don't know what right or left, but he got one front, one back. He was missing two legs. The elk or no? He he should have shot for a hundred percent. Just hit all four. Yeah. <laughs> Next time, that's why you get the tag again. Right. So, but anyways, uh. in the end, he ended up dead and hanging in our meat tree. Yes, he did. Yes, and he did. It's a better looking tree than Christmas tree. <laughs> I even took a picture of it. So hindsight, would you put in for this tag again? I don't know. I like don't like hunting around this many people. Yeah, there's a lot of people here. But and I for would guys and for guys that are wondering, something, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna spill the unit on that because that just pisses people off. So I mean, I've given you enough clues about you know looking at the eagle caps. So you know if you can't figure it out using that, then yeah. But I don't know. if you hunt, come over here. It's like hunting. If you're from around the Roseburg area, Coos Bay or whatever, it's like hunting Tioga first season rifle hunt. <laughs> and I don't do that. I haven't done that for 30 years. And I don't hunt that tag either. <laughs> I don't. But if if this is a hunt that you don't mind the people, I think there are a fair amount of elk. Uh -huh. This year, not as many as most from the people I've talked to. But in most years, I think you have a pretty good chance. I, I agree. But this year, they're a little light in numbers for whatever reason. And, uh, but, so... I'm not saying I wouldn't. I just would have a hard time just because of the amount of people. I love my muzzleload hunting. So I feel like the you, you have a really good chance of killing a bull over here. So you would rather be in a less elk-populated area but also have less people than be in a high elk-populated area and have a better chance of killing one and be around more people. Well, for example, where we're camped, when I came over, I didn't know the area. I'd never seen been to Enterprise and where I wanted to camp, there was eight inches of snow to come in almost at dark. And I was pulling a 24-foot travel trailer. Mm -hmm. And I almost got tangled up there just turning around because I knew I didn't want to go in there. And I came back and I parked alongside the main road and slept the night there because I didn't know where to go. The next morning, I found a spot much lower 
and close to the highway. And it was a nice spot, mm-hmm. grassy, and had a meat pole already. So I pulled in there and parked there. And then, of course, you guys showed up. But here's an example of why I don't like a lot of people. We're parked in this spot. It's a beautiful spot. This camper pulls in late Tuesday, I guess it was. Yeah, the day before the season, like at, I don't know, 6 o'clock or whatever, just mm-hmm. before dark. Yeah. And they're <laughs> literally 50 feet away. And understand this uh, big country. There's other spots that I thought about camping at on the way in here that would have been a nice spot. But it's a free public right. land. But they let their generator run. <laughs> yeah, I knew he was going to somehow work that in. All freaking night. <laughs> I mean, not just for a couple hours, but it ran from the time they got here till we left. <laughs> it may still be running, as far as I know. You would have thought they kicked his best dog. <laughs> Must have a 200-gallon gas tank, but... Anyways, <laughs> this generator is, is growing legs. For I'm laughing because of the folks that are like, why is he laughing? This generator thing is growing legs because that's all we've heard about the last. <laughs> well, I couldn't <laughs> sleep because of it. I get cranky. Yeah, me and Gavin both were on like two hours of sleep, and so we fell right asleep, and apparently you didn't get, <laughs> get well, any sleep. Well, you know, but like I said, there were <laughs> a whole slew of other options that were good spots. Yeah. But he chose a spot literally within 50 feet of us, and that would have been okay had it not been for the generator. But he was just inconsiderate. Maybe he doesn't know any better. I don't know. Maybe it's raised by wolves. I don't know. It's a Honda. It's pretty quiet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we may have to do a gun check tonight about 2 o'clock. <laughs> Scare some coyotes off your meat. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, as far as hunting this, it's beautiful country, and I think in most years there's pretty good opportunity but if you don't like hunting around people don't come yeah um and i wouldn't pass up a spike to be honest with you yeah well people aren't going to know what unit you're talking about yeah and that's fine but so but i would love it if somebody else got a tag and it came over Uh that'd be fine yeah i mean i'd do that Hmm. as far as me personally i love my muzzleloader hunting late because i don't hardly see anybody i see lots of elk right you guys, um, we should try and get together and hunt again over here. This was fun. All it takes is one person get a tag. So, well, like we talked about earlier, is you get four or five people and each of them put in individually. Yeah. One or two may get a tag because it's not extremely hard and it's in the realm of possibility that somebody's going to draw a tag and then you all go over and yeah. have a good time. Yeah. Well, I just don't think it'd be me either for the muzzleloader part. You just want to stick with the muzzleloader? Probably. So it'd be my wife putting in. And you're not going to put in because of muzzleloader. I don't know. I can see him coming back over here. I feel like this is one of those hunts that you need to let it cook for about a month and then reflect back on it. And then you're like, yeah, I'd do that again. I feel like that's where you're at. Like, it was a, I'm not going to say it was a hard hunt. I'm not going to say it was a great hunt or a bad hunt, but it was good enough. Well, it's bad when the challenge is other people instead of the elements or the animal you're after. When the challenge is trying to figure out what the other person is going to do, that just takes the fun out of it. Well, to contrast that, what about your mule deer? There's a lot of people over there where you mule deer hunt and you go back over there every year. Yeah, that's true. As a matter of fact, when I was parked an hour and a half before daylight, <laughs> a guy pulled up on a four-wheeler at the end of a dead-end road knowing that this is where I was going to hunt. And it's like... You know, right. some, you know, but you know, the bright side is the people that we were up with this morning actually ended up killing a, a nice five by six. <laughs> I, felt just like, I felt like a dick because they come over here, they visit us, right? We had a cordial morning. Everybody got along and uh, they come over here and, and they come over to see your bull because they heard us, you know, we kill one. And, and uh, I, you know, I spout out, hey, you know, if you guys get one, drive it back down here. I'm like, hey, well, we'll come get you to help pack it out. I'm like, I got a pack, you know, like, yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> 20 minutes after that, I'm like, man, you know, pizza sounds good. I like pizza. Pizza for my birthday sounds pretty good. And then so like, uh, and I like to go get better service so I can go check in with everybody and talk to Kim and um, reply, reply reply to people on Facebook and stuff like that. Wish me happy birthday. And um, so we left and they showed up back to our camp at half an hour after 40 40 minutes they killed that thing right after they left yeah within a half hour and wanted help left. packing it out <laughs> <laughs> i was like ah shit like i i promise i didn't plan on like 
not being available if you guys needed me, but um, but yeah, who knew so, you were going to kill an elk within a half hour? Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> they didn't need help on that pack. Either. It was a two hundred yard pack to the road, apparently. So I don't feel too bad, but at the same time, I offered, and then I wasn't here when they <laughs> when they wanted to help. So, but at least it turned out well for everybody. I mean, you know, yeah. what started it it could have gone a one eighty. I mean, <laughs> frankly, yeah. I mean, if you find a guy's quote unquote parked in quote your spot, uh, tempers could flare. But, and that's that way in life. Anything is it's how you handle the situation you're dealt. It's you know you can handle it poorly, you can handle it, you know, with communication. Right. I've I've ran into these situations quite a bit, for whatever reason, and it, it, communication always has has helped for me. It's been way better. No, it, it takes the edge off. You know, like everybody knows what everybody's planning on doing, and you're not trying to undercut or beat somebody to something. You're, you're, you're now understanding what each other's doing and potentially even now working together or not going to screw somebody intentionally or unintentionally. Well, it's like, well, I, I told you boys growing up too, but if you're nice to people first and give them the opportunity to do the same, you're already ahead. If you start off being a dick, mm-hmm. chances are you're not ever going to get past that. Or they won't. Right. So you can always be a dick later. I mean, you still got that card to play. <laughs> but you can't go back to being but nice. But you can't go back to being nice <laughs> very easily. Right. So anyways, that like I said, this hunt is a pretty country and all that. It's just, <clears throat> there's just more people than I'm used to hunting with. There's a lot. I mean, it's a small area. Well, there was, if you yeah. count that guy with the cane, there were six people where we thought we were going to be alone. But there were six people on that little knob. Right. So, you know, if you're okay with that, this is probably the hunt for you. Yeah. If you're not, go somewhere else. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think Gavin's about to fall asleep. That <laughs> Tylenol PM is kicking in. <laughs> I'm good, just listening. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a podcast that you listen to. It's a podcast that you talk oh. on. If you fall asleep, you're going <laughs> to yeah. paint your face up. Yeah. My favorite part of the whole hunt was just sitting up there under the tree. Hearing you cow call and then hear the bull bugle and then <laughs> like, okay, well, he should be 15 yards closer. Yeah. Hear the cow call, hear the bugle, closer, I, closer. And I was just expecting the shot for what felt like forever. An hour. <laughs> felt well, like it, was, it felt like a long time. I'm like, oh this bull God. needs to get but killed. But the funny part was when Garrett was calling and he was taping it on it or whatever, <laughs> on his phone, whatever you call it. And yeah. uh, couldn't get any noise out of it. I'll post some of the videos on Instagram because it's actually pretty funny. And, and I know how to out call, but my call was wet. And these reeds get real hard to use when it gets wet. And I think there's a lot of moisture in the air or something. And there probably wasn't much moisture. It was probably just me blowing on it. And uh, <laughs> just blowing to beat hell on this call. Can't make a sound. <laughs> it's just, so I'm going to call just, for Garrett during elk season. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a kazoo. And I'm thinking. Well, there's one. There's one. Gavin pointed out. He's watching the video. And I get one, like, shitty meh. And then I'm, I'm still trying to get another mirror. And so before I can even get another mirror out. This bull answers back, and it's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> but he, that, I mean, yeah, you could have farted, and that bull would have answered. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he had to sound. Obviously, he didn't have to sound that good, but um, I mean, it was it was good enough. And I've I've said that so many times that you know, when it comes to elk calling, you don't have to get good; you just have to get it done. I mean, you, you, that's really about all it is. And, and and knowing what to say and when to say it is more important than sounding really good well even that bull on a couple of them didn't sound what i would call really good you know there was a lot of shitty bugles from that bull the typical the typical bugle you think about you know you see on whatever show versus what he was doing was like well that could be a guy well when i could hear the air in in the bugle and uh you know from from hunting some of these these elk that just are super aggressive and they'd be like we uh, hunt that bull over and in Mount Emily for four days straight, uh, when Shelby had the tag, after four days, that bull lost his voice, and he could barely get a, a voice out. I mean, it was just all air and scratch. like. And so I think these bulls have been just going hard for two months, and that bull probably had a great bugle a month ago. But and it's late October. Yeah, it's almost November. Yeah. And it's a week from November about, I think. And... uh it was all he could to get a bugle out, and I think he was probably a, the big bull. I don't know; that's all speculation. But a lot, to, a lot of these times, late in the season 
or if they're super aggressive and they're they love to bugle, they lose their voice. I mean, just imagine going to a rock concert yelling and and then you lose your voice the next day. You're partying hard. You know, it doesn't take a lot to lose your voice, and and I think you know I know for a fact that these elk can do that same thing. So he probably just thought a cow lost her voice. Yeah. Hey, you're like me. Come on over. (laughs) But he wouldn't move. I don't. I honestly don't think he moved a step while the other elk were working their way to the left, feeding that I was watching, and there was a couple raghorns in there. I don't think he actually moved. Be honest with you. I don't think he did either. And there was more than one bull bugling in there too, because I heard, um, because I was using the sun to gauge where that bull was, and then like say. Like, it would be right at noon, and then one would fire off around 10, 10 o'clock. Like, there'd be two completely different, I've heard two completely different bulls. One sounded way better than the other one, too. But the one that you were next to, it, even, like, at 300 yards or 400 yards, I could still hear his air. And that's why I think he was losing his, his voice, because yeah. usually that's around 80 to 60 yards. You can really start hearing the before air bugle. And I could hear that at 400. And... I just I don't know I think I think that was probably actually a good bull. He just sounded like he was a spike. You know? Well, and there had been one seen in there, so a three thirty ish bull. Yeah, you know. But like I said, I wasn't about to leave, and nothing's sure in elk hunting. But I wasn't about to leave a good chance, right? And go for right. something that's. I know you don't care about how big it was because you almost shot one of the horns off. So yeah, you almost turned it into a spike. I was trying. <laughs> I was trying. I'm trying. Trying to do a spike hunter a favor. That's when he's, <laughs> that's when he's doing this with his head flopping all around. And <laughs> so anyways, I was uh, trying to do the right thing. I don't know. Well, it's going to make for a cool story because now you and Gavin both have really nice uh, buck. Remember mm-hmm. that one he shot with the muzzle Muzzleloader. Yeah. But that one was like at two feet, wasn't it? Yeah, I was just trying to finish him and he kept <laughs> moving around. It's a, fi- walk up on, it's a 54 what, what caliber muzzleloader. Uh, but the horn's still intact It's with the base. Yeah, well, Gavin was yanking the bull around when you were hiking one of the hinds out. <laughs> we, we were snapping, and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> that, that horn's trying to break on him. And so I just we were just yarding around by his right antler instead of his left. That was, that was pretty fun to break a bull down together because we, we've never done that. We've never either. done it. We've yeah. killed a few. We've yeah. Never done it together. And cool. I pretty much stayed clean the whole process. I don't know how you guys got so bloody, but. Yeah, my hands were actually bloodier than Gavin's, and I was wearing gloves. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So, but it's kind of turned full soaker where I used to clean all the deer and stuff when the boys were, I don't know, eight, mm-hmm. ten, whatever. And now you're kind of, yeah you're on game bag duty. Yep, get them ready. Were. And that's kind of worked out nice. Although that first hump out was almost two miles one way. <laughs> one way. It's getting longer by the hour. One point six eight. Okay, one point six eight. There's no guessing here. Yeah. <laughs> But I ran back. Oh, damn near seven miles. That bull was so big, the picture weighed eight pounds. That's yeah. right. No, that's some fishing stories. <laughs> but uh, so we decided to go a different route, uh, cut the distance in half. I think that was the right choice. Yeah, hiking that hind out was the right choice because that made the pack out. Yeah, easy. Yeah, that would have been hard to do if you add that. Yeah. even split between us. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I had the heaviest pack though at, at two hundred fifty. Here, here we go again. At two hundred fifty pounds, and you guys had like eighty. I yeah. didn't really. See I had eighty. Pounds yeah, I agree. Food. I agree. You had fifty-two, and we had eighty. Yeah, I totally. Agree. I totally yeah. agree with that. Two hundred fifty <laughs> pounds. Oh, <laughs> I had eighty pounds of snacks. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's put it this way: I have all the meat out of my pack. And he's taking it out of the back of his truck. He's like, holy shit, is there still meat in here? I'm like, nope, that's just what I hunt with. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least my pockets are lighter and yeah. you have so many bullets. <laughs> you get so many bullets. There's bullets laying around camp in the grass and shit. I had to pick them up. There's four it's like the bullets a- laying around. Like the A-team. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> Gavin saw his case. He's like, you couldn't see through that bullet case, but now you can. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I got more. Yeah, I got more. They make bullets every day. It's like I told that other guy. I said, yeah, you can shoot 1,000 yards, but I got 400 rounds. <laughs> so it's just a matter of time. Oh. <laughs> no. Yeah, that poor elk had more holes in it than a brick of Swiss cheese. Yeah, little ones, though. <laughs> Amazingly, very little. No meat damage. Well, you lost a little, little bit of shoulder, little shoulder, but like bloodshot that happens on almost all. Yeah, but yeah. to send Rifle that many kills. rounds downrange and don't have very, very, very little meat loss. Yeah, I agree. That That's was precision pretty, shooting. That's it. But uh, I no. just would have walked up and shot it point blank. 
Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. Actually, I probably just would have missed. Period. I would never even hit the ball. On the first shot? And I would I would be telling you guys about how big it was. Yeah. It'd be 360. <laughs> It'd be a 370. Yeah, 360 by now. Well, you know, <laughs> and, and well, it's like last year on our mule deer hunt, that shot I took at that mule deer, that was probably the toughest shot I've ever taken a deer. It wasn't the furthest. It was only like, what, 200? Or, oh, the Idaho buck? Yeah, or 250 yards. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, tell you. He had me to put it down for him. So. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a tough shot. I mean, extremely yeah. tough. Yeah. That um, was a good shot. I'm surprised you hit it. It, uh, I mean, it was it was tough, but you stopped it before it went over the other side, which luckily, would, which would have been bad. Luckily, I, I still five mile pack out. It was yeah, I, literally. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was a pack. That was, was a bad pack. But some, some all the meat was going down. I had all the weight. I didn't load the 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 uh, meat very good. It was all sagging down below the pack, and so all the meat was down by my butt. So that was stupid. But we actually took our times to um, wrap the meat up proper in our packs this time. I got the new K3, which I think is actually more comfortable than the K2. You got the Mystery Ranch. Uh, Metcalf. Met with an M. M. N. Met. Met. M-E-T. Metcalf. And Metcalf. you that looked like a pretty nice pack. Very nice pack. I just got to get it better fitted to myself. Yeah. Well, a lot of times you got to get the torso length fitted. Yeah. That's probably what you, where you're. It's definitely up. off, but it's yeah. a very nice pack. Yeah. No, I was pretty impressed with it. I was handling it, messing all with that it. weight it carried, <laughs> all eighty pounds yeah. on the left pocket. <laughs> In the left pocket, <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, well, yeah. Well, is there anything you guys want to say before we wrap this thing up? I kind of want to do an elk recap, and and um, since this is the first time in thirty years that any of us have hunted with each other in Eastern Oregon and elk. There's a lot of firsts on this trip. I thought it was awesome to have a rifle hunt where they bugle. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm like that's pretty awesome. I do like that part. That's you pretty know? cool. But like I said, I and a month down the road, a year down the road, I may rethink it. But I just I like doing my own thing with you know muzzleloader or whatever, mm-hmm. staying away from people and still seeing lots of elk. You have to to hunt this. You have to be comfortable and let a lot of things go to hunt this with all the people. Yeah. And not draw a tag for a few years. Potentially. Yeah. 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 Which, I think some people hunt this every year regardless, but that's my own opinion. (laughs) Yeah. I just just cannot miss four, two, three, four muzzleloader seasons. Yeah, because... To potentially get it once or twice. We've been pretty successful at that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Right. Well, I... I think it was a good tag, and I had a great time hunting with you guys, and... And I feel stupid for not having us put something together earlier. You know, it took a you asking us to both come, and and I had more than enough vacation because I didn't get my freaking Idaho tag this year. So, you know, I, long overdue, and and I'm glad we all made it happen. Well, t- I, typical fashion for you and I, we we left Tuesday at what three thirty in the morning. Three thirty in the morning, and we put that plan together Monday night at like nine p.m. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it was really well planned. But you know, <laughs> I I enjoy it. And like I said. The bull's nice. I mean, I had fun, don't get me wrong. But it's over. I mean, so we're probably heading home tomorrow, which, you know, and that's fine. you got other things to do. But it was still fun, you know, a couple of nights, you know, and stuff. And I'm still hoping we get to watch a good, bad movie. Yeah. Um, we'll put one on. You don't have, like, Vink's Killing or anything, do you? No, but I would highly recommend it to anyone <laughs> loving good, bad movies. It's it's worth watching now that they got your attention. Yeah. Thanks, Killing. Yeah, not number two or three, but that's number one. Yeah, and we're saying it's a good, bad, bad movie. Yeah. Like, it sucks. So it sucks so bad, it's funny, it's good. Okay, I'll go with that. Just like Sharknado's. Sharknado, it's... It's, it's along those it's lines. It's like Sharknado, but ten times worse. Oh, you're being a little harsh. Isn't one of them in black and white? No. No? Hmm. You just didn't have the audio. Should be. <laughs> input in. But, uh, all right, well, I appreciate you guys uh, coming on the podcast and let me still. I know Gavin's trying to just keep his eyes awake probably right now. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'll at least I'll get ten minutes of the movie. Five five minutes of the movie. I bet that thing hits play and you're already asleep. But, and uh actually got Dad to drink a beer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying uh, to think of lessons learned. Because, I don't know. My, my clothing's, clothing, closing thoughts would be, you know, if you are going to be hunting in a high-pressured area, be ready to roll with the punches. <laughs> know what you're getting into. 
Be friendly and be As friendly. And when you when you run into somebody and clearly you both have the same intentions, communicate. Because yep. we walk past that truck with this. We walk past that truck with like attitude, what the f? Yeah, pissed and off, and then got up to the top, and you guys talked and debriefed, yeah. and and I'm like, you know what? I, I started thinking, you know, try, I always try and think from the other side, and I'm like, you know, I've been super pissed when people walk right past my truck, and and right now. You could argue that I'm that guy. They were parked. You know, if if I was them telling that story, we were parked here. You could just leave out me being my truck being parked there, and, and I would be that guy. And I get it because people do use decoy rigs, you know, like just to show that someone's going to be at that spot and then not be there and not be there. I mean, your pickup was iced over because right. we did it the night before, but at the same time, it's like that's us claiming stake to that spot. But I think you guys did the right thing by. Going down, knocking on the window. Hey, here's what we're going to do. And, I mean, I would say they're friendly now. I mean, they just stopped by their camp to show us their bowl yeah. on the way home. Offered us beer and everything. Yeah. But at the same time, the, I don't know if you even call it hypocrisy of claiming a public land spot. How's that work? I mean, that doesn't work. Technically, legally, it has no foot no. to stand on. But there's a difference between what's legal, what's morally and ethical ethically right is it ethically okay to leave a truck parked at a blocked road you know and that's a question you can get a, as many answers as people you ask right you know um i was just hoping it would keep a bunch of people out of there and you know not running on two hours of sleep be able to get some sleep and not have to worry about somebody being in there but i think that's where it comes in to do the right thing so like we did that and then we sleep in a little bit. And by a little bit, I mean we still left here just you after 5. You guys were up at 3.30. Yeah, I can't sleep anyway. But, like, <laughs> it was just. We're still up there an hour and a half before. Yeah, we still up there. Exactly. Like, yeah. While we left to pick up up there for 12 hours the night before. So, is it wrong to park a rig and claim a spot? I would say no. But my whole takeaway was they pulled in front of your rig mm-hmm. knowing that that rig was there. Then they have to accept that we're going to walk right by them. That was my perception of the situation. Yeah. You can hunt here too. Absolutely. It's your right. But there's a reason that pickup's there. Right. And so that was just my perception on it. Yeah. And theirs was, it's a decoy truck. Yeah. And then that, that's that could, that's fair because they could assume that, hey, these guys aren't even going to gun and come in here. Right. Because this truck has been <laughs> clearly sitting here for all night. Right. And they're just trying to keep people out, which... So that's where I see both sides, and I think that's where going back and talk to him was the right thing. Yeah, and Dad scared the shit out of Tim. <laughs> I knocked on his window, and he <laughs> nicely though about hit the roof. <laughs> but you know, even with three uh, trucks there, uh, that other guy pulled in. Yeah, that that the fourth one, truck is probably the that's biggest a tipping point there. Yeah, that's, the fourth one's the that's biggest just issue. Getting silly, and the guy, you know, all you're doing, and all he did was just to go up there to watch his son walk through a couple ridges. He didn't even have a radio. Really? Yeah, he's just no gun, no, no radio. gun, no radio, just creating a distraction or noise or whatever. Just another body yeah, well, where yeah. you don't want a body. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I get it. I That's get one of those it. things too that I've seen is how many people do you? Is it okay to have when you're all non-tag holders? Right. I've seen I've seen groups that. of youth hunters with five people on one tag holder. Right. Six people in one tag holder. So it's like, it's like, what do you do? It's a family reunion, <laughs> but you know, like I said, moral and and ethics. You know, it's it's subjective at best or yeah. at worst. Yeah. I mean, what's right for one person may not work for the other one. You know. Yeah. But if you give the other ch- guy a chance to at least hear your side or hear his side, her side, at least you have a fighting chance. But if you just go half cocked and right. and say screw that guy, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that or I'm not going to go here. Then you both lose. Nobody gets an elk. Nobody gets along, and you miss out. Right. And then we both, everyone killed elk today. Now, well, the cool thing is that well, when they came back to see what Dad had killed, um, where I'm like, you know, if I was you guys, I'd be back out that same point. And they're like, yeah, we were thinking about that kind of thing, and I think that's what they were going to do. And and uh, when they came back and they had that bowl in the back of the truck and. And we're like, we went up that same spot. We glassed up your guys' gut pile, and then right across the other side, there was a bull standing there. And so he shot it. And I was like, wow, that's a good spot. You know, like, okay, hey, maybe there's a reason there's, you know, a bunch of people in there. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was like I said, best case scenario out of a really p- 
potentially shitty scenario for wanting to kill something. I mean, adding another guy with a with a tag in there in a really small area with a bunch of other guys that have tags in there is not anybody's bread no. and butter when it comes and to And I hunting. just know my personality, and that's why I didn't go down to the rig because I don't take very well to that. So it's like... <laughs> Doesn't my, play well with others. No, my whole thing is like, I'll be nice first yeah, and definitely give it a try, but if it doesn't go well... I will ruin your entire week of hunting. <laughs> Shooting I will co- hunt you down. Well, I'll shoot coyotes all week long. Like, oh, my gosh. Like we're going to shoot at 2 o'clock. Yeah, so it's just like <laughs> I, I'll, I'll hike wherever. Okay, fine. You're parked there. I'm parked here, too. Yeah. You know, I just won't show. So it's just showing respect when you get respect back. I thought that was pretty neat. Mutual. Yeah. Well, um, you know, that's my takeaway, and, and uh, hopefully, you know, guys can up the uh, – communication out there when, when they run into certain things i'm not saying your experience is going to be the same you know ours i would say was actually a great experience because it was so good they came by and showed us their bowl and wanted to have a beer and i thought that was pretty badass from not knowing somebody in the morning in a shitty situation and then them coming back and everybody's all happy smiles and we got two bowls on the ground they got a bowl we got a bowl and it was no harm no foul you know and Tim could have went after that bugle just mm-hmm. as easy as we could have. Cause I was thinking about that, too. It was like they could have said, well, we're going. Yep, yep, yeah. And he's like, you know, when he came back, he's like, you know, we didn't go after a bugle because you guys heard it, and that was your deal. So we wanted to respect that, and that means a lot to me personally. You know, When I heard that first bugle, I went over there, and I saw those guys, and I said, hey, come over. You know, I think there's a bull. And he's like, well, let's wait for your brother and dad to catch up. Yeah. Did, oh, really? That's what he said. That's, so. Yeah, see, to me, that's class. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, all right, guys. Well, I appreciate you listening. And, and uh, Dad and Gavin, appreciate you guys coming on the show. Well, thank you, boys, for uh, coming over here with the old man. I, <laughs> so pretty I, much he's going to say thank you for spotting it, cleaning it, calling it, packing it. And he's the Everything trigger. but driving. He's the trigger man. Yeah, and technically I paid for dinner. <laughs> technically you did. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> you left a good tip. <laughs> Hopefully it was under 15%. <laughs> What was the name of that place? That was a great uh, place to eat. Was it Charlie's Buns? Or I, mean, I don't know. God dang, I don't it's remember. On the, it's on the pizza box, but yeah, it's right across from this weird rental shitty. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't say that. You shouldn't mean. say that. What are you doing? You, yeah, we don't know. It's right across. The lady when they were super nice, but I wouldn't order pizza. You'll have there. to put it in the description or something. Matter of fact, she told us to go across the street. Yeah, she pizza. actually she <laughs> sold pizza, and she's like, "I go across the street." <laughs> so yeah, so when I say shitty, I, I have a leg to stand. That's all you need to know. Um, but god dang, what was that place? Um, I don't think I ever knew something. Something DVD something. rentals, and they had pizza and smoothies and something hot was clam chowder. Clam chowder. When your specialty is rental DVDs, then. Pizza, clam chowder, smoothies, soda. Yeah, and you across refer- the street. And yeah. oh, and we sell it by the slice. That is a high warning. And you I- refer your pizza sales to your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, <laughs> the, fir- the first side. referral was was 15 miles down the road. I'm like, I'm not driving 15 miles yeah. down the road for pizza. And then I'm like, and then she's like, well, the place across the the street has pretty good pizza. I'm like, let's do that. They did. They were nice people. Good service. The food was really good. Yeah. Spendy, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Sixty bucks for dinner, <laughs> for three, <laughs> for three. But you ordered a pizza for five. I ordered, yeah. I didn't think it was going to be that big, and I, yeah. So you've always had a problem with size, but anyway, I had to keep it. I had to keep it G-rated when she showed him what ten inches look like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I ain't seen that before. Uh, That's when we were geez. laughing so hard, and you're like, what? And I'm like, forget about it. What did I say? Well, how big is the ten inch? Yeah, and pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, Dad and I both looked at each other, and. It was just like, <laughs> That's well, is it ten pieces, ten <laughs> ten inches in circumference or in diameter? Diameter. That is a very big difference. So when they say it's a fifteen inch pizza, it's fifteen inches from the center to the outside. Diameters is from my understanding. Oh, oh side I'll, to side, side I'll to be, side. Yeah, I'll, I'll be damned. Plate edge, plate edge. Oh, copy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take my cutter, and it is this long. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking circumference. I'm like, that's not a very big pizza. So, but when you think about it. And you put it in a, it's a round pizza, you put it in a square box, it's cut into triangles. So, you know, you got everything covered. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Anyways. That's that, almost exactly right. <laughs> almost not. <laughs> so, all right. Well, all right. Well, we'll see you on the next one, guys. Bye. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, if you haven't yet, be sure to check out the YouTube channel. Just type in my name in the YouTube search bar. Garrett Weaver, or you can type in um, whatever. But if you type in my name, uh, I'll pull right up. And uh, we're going to be doing a lot of bow reviews, a lot of gear reviews here with all the new gear coming out and bows coming out. 
and uh, definitely wanting to grow that. And if you want, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, if you want to help the show grow, there's multiple ways to do it. Reviews on iTunes help. Uh, Patreon members definitely help fund the podcast, buy new gear. I just bought a new mic thanks to the Patreon members. Um, you know, it's there's a lot of cool things that you can do if you want to support the podcast, and uh, every little bit helps. So leave a review on iTunes. Five star is the highest. Um, you can you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, start watching the videos on there, and uh, or become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash onpointpodcast, or go join the emailing list on onpointpodcast.com. Be, uh, subscribe to the email um, newsletter which I'm way behind on, by the way. Uh, I know I said July, and that is out the window. Trying to put together the first one, it's way there's way more to it than I thought. So <laughs> uh, I, that is still a plan that is still coming around, but uh, it might be a little bit later than what I was expecting because it already is. But um, outside of that, guys, appreciate you listening to the episode, and I will see you on the next one. Bye.